Welcome to the 64th episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast, featuring today's guest, American Idol superstar and fellow Type 1, Crystal Bowersox. If you're new to the show, my name is Amber Kluwer, and I'm the host of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast and co-founder of the Diabetes Daily Grind blog. I want to say really quick, you can hear wind in the background as we have just wrapped up tornado season and my allergies are at high alert, so I apologize if I sound whiny. So, anywho, um, I take pride in being a friendly stalker and scored an impromptu interview with Crystal while she was traveling through Oklahoma City. Her show was off the charts. It was so much fun. And I shared the evening with dear friends. We sang together, shared pizza, and clinked glasses while comparing diabetes hacks. Her scrappy, no bullshit mentality made her the perfect guest. And I know you'll enjoy this episode. Of course, before I get started, I just have a few quick announcements. And and thank you as always for listening to the very end of every podcast, because I promise there's quality content throughout the show. So announcement number one, Oklahoma Diabetes. Don't forget, this Thursday, May 23rd, is the Real Life Diabetes Happy Hour. I always pick a local restaurant in whatever town I'm in, and I'm thrilled my dear friend and fellow Type 1 owns the 51st Street Speakeasy, located at 1114 Northwest 51st Street in Oklahoma City. The event kicks off around 530, is totally laid back, come and go, and for all people, all of you, type one, type two, type one and a half, whatever, um, all people living with diabetes and their loved ones, age 21 and above, as this is a bar. So please keep that in mind. I have um, family-friendly ones sprinkled throughout the year. So if you are a parent of one, I still hope you come out because you'll find value in seeing other people in the room that understand what you're going through. Announcement number two. Please keep the ideas coming for the next version of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast theme song by master singer-songwriter Mike Costi. As I said before, the sky's the limit, so please shoot me your ideas, whether it's just words about your pump or your, like, I use the word diapeeps or whatever, anything along those lines that someone with diabetes could find humor in and that, you know, he loves doing this stuff. So you can either reach out via Facebook Messenger or email me at amber at diabetes daily grind. Dot com. Number three, I'm June, I'm hitting the road and headed to Joplin, Missouri. I'll be hosting a happy hour in, in that town uh, Thursday, June 13th, with the location to be finalized soon, and all of that will be available on social media. And then I'm excited to attend the Stick It to Diabetes event the following evening, Friday, June 14th, which is hosted by the Mercy Foundation. All of that information will be in the show notes, the DDG social media platforms, and whatever else, because this is something that I heard about last year, and I fell in love with this team. And I think that once you learn more about it, you're going to want to attend. And I really do hope you do, because they're doing great things for people living with this disease. Um, And as of right now, which is rare to say, I don't have a destination for July. So please hit me up if you'd like for me to come and visit your hometown and host a happy hour. And then final announcement, 
episode 65 is going to be a first for me, and I look forward to sharing my vision for the future of Diabetes Daily Grind and the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. You don't want to miss this episode, so be sure to stay tuned, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or on the website for more details. I'm dreaming big and can't wait to share what's in store for the diabetes community. All right, so it's a rare day in the Real Life Diabetes Podcast world that I get to sit across from my guest. Most people I do a phone interview with, so um, I was happy that Crystal Bowersox is in Oklahoma City and had a few minutes to chat. So welcome, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm here in person. <laughs> so you're on tour right now. Uh, how long are you going to be on tour? Um, let's see. I get home on Monday morning at 6 a.m. We're driving overnight. Um, Where I'm, is home? Home is Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And I've been on the road, what? I don't know. The days kind of melt together when you're out here in a different city every day. I right. Think, I think it's been a week right. and a half. Oh, that's not two. too bad. I mean, I guess. Yeah. It's a perpetual thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I usually start with my podcast guests um, because even though we both have type 1 diabetes, not everybody's diagnosis is the same. So do you mind sharing just a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I was um, I was about six and a half years old. Okay. Um, I was in second grade and I weighed about 48 pounds. I was a little skin and bone kid. Yeah. And, um, you know, my second grade teacher noticed that I was taking too many bathroom breaks right. and too many water fountain breaks, all the telltale signs. Right. And, um, you know, they, at the time I, le- I lived in a rural community and people were not familiar with right. type one, uh, let alone type two at the time. Right. And so was that 1991, 92. And, uh, yeah, so they checked me for mono, they checked me for all sorts of <laughs> metabolic this and that, and then finally um, someone test said, let's check her blood sugar, and and sure enough, there was. So I was, um, <laughs> my mom took me to a restaurant and got me a very tall, gigantic ice cream sundae and cried as <laughs> she watched me eat it, and I never, I didn't understand. I was like, why are you crying? I have ice cream. Right. And in her mind, she's like, this is the last, this is it. This is what you're going to have. This is the last ice cream you'll ever have. So <laughs> I'm like, she didn't handle that one maybe the best way. Yeah, she I, did the best she could. Yeah, I didn't get any ice cream <laughs> with my diagnosis. So your mom was, was killing it on that. So when you were uh, diagnosed, um, because like I was put on NPH and regular, which is cloudy and clear insulin. Yep, Same thing for that. you? Yep. Okay. You know, that was so long ago, it's weird. And now with all the technology and things, um, if you can share... What are, are you using any devices? Sure. Yeah. I'm currently uh, using Dexcom, the G6. Yeah. And I love it so much. Um, also on the Omnipod. You're a potter. Yep. I'm a potter. I've only been on Dexcom now for about a year and a half. And having diabetes for so long, like I cannot express to the general public what a game changer this is. It really is a game changer. I haven't pricked my finger since I started the G6. Um, it, I don't even... It's just strange. It's strange, it's strange. to not uh, test my blood sugar in the old way. Yeah. Um, you know, and as a, a musician as well, like my hands are precious to me. Absolutely. Um, so I'm saving my fingers for, for guitar playing instead of poking. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Okay, so you are such a unique case in that you're on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. How do you get your supplies? Um, so I go home. <laughs> <laughs> I go home and, you know, I get my supplies mail ordered to the house and, um, you know, get a few months in advance and just always have a box of supplies with me. And That's good. Yeah, you know, you got to bring the big suitcase when you're... <laughs> Out for a while, and most of my suitcase is really it's diabetes, di- supplies. diabetes supplies. Yeah, better that you're on the road in like a large van than having to fly with all that. I mean, yeah, it's a I've, lot. I've had to do that too. Yeah, and you know, you get the pat down every time you go through, and I kind of have, opt out. I, yeah, I, well, no, I don't opt out. I go through with it, and I just have fun with it. I know it's coming, and I tell them straight up, and they're always like, "Well, what is that?" And I'm like. You know, there are mm-hmm. enough of us in the world that you should know. Right. Well, and I always think right in now. situations like that, it's an educational opportunity. Yes. And I've had a lot of people really ask good questions. They're like, let me get this straight. You can see your blood sugar on your phone. Right. I'm yep. like, yeah, it's changing lives, right? Yep. Anytime anyone asks a question, it's an opportunity to, to help raise awareness. Right. And so in some of the things that I write about you, and I, like I said, I don't like going into things that people already know, but so your time on American Idol, I think, is whenever diabetes really came to life for the general public. So mm-hmm. do you want to touch on that at all about? Sure. Um, well, at least it came to, you know, I came to the general public through American Idol and <laughs> the fact that I had diabetes, I guess also did. Um, though the schedules on the show were intense. It I bet. Was, you know, up before the sun and bed late at night and it was rehearsals all day and getting shuffled to and from this event, that event, right. performances and, um, you know, it just was, it was a lot. And I had, I had made a conscious decision not to tell my fellow contestants or the producers that I had type one because I didn't want to be treated differently. Right. And I didn't want it to be seen as an advantage or a disadvantage. And, you know, in my stubborn little head at the time, this is 10 years ago now, thought, you know, I can do this on my own. I don't need any help. Right. Um, that was the wrong decision. Um, I ended up in DKA and, you know, I just, I wasn't taking the best care of myself. I was living off of basil and, um, you know, forgetting yeah. to bolus just because of the pace of life and, and ended up really, really ill. Um, and thankfully, the executive producer made arra- arrangements. Um, he switched the performance days for the boys and the girls. He gave me one extra day right, to, to recuperate, to get back to, to where I needed to be. And I showed up, I got out of the hospital that morning, went, performed, and people saw it as this triumph over the mystery illness, <laughs> you know, idol contestant falls <laughs> ill with mystery illness and rises like Phoenix. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it became very public, uh, that I had type one and I didn't necessarily even want that to be, yeah. right. And I was, I was kind of pissed about it actually. Right. I was, Nobody wants to be different. Right. And yeah. But my, my, my attitude has changed completely. I'm so glad that people know, and I talk about it all the time now, and I go to kids' camps, and yeah. I, you know, it's, um, it's been, and I've met so many amazing people. It's, it's so strange, and I'm, I'm sure maybe, yeah. maybe you'll agree. Uh, it's been like a curse and the biggest blessing. In my I, life, I say it often, it's my biggest strength and my biggest weakness. Yeah, and we are stronger, I think, because of it. Absolutely, and I think the ability. And I was listening to a, um, oh, a live feed earlier today by my friend Scott Johnson, and it was all about finding a diabetes community. And I'm just so thankful to have finally found it, even mm-hmm. if it was in my 30s, because it has made such a difference in my life. So, just somebody even knowing what you're talking about when you say bolus. <laughs> Is nice. <laughs> or that you have um, a sensor error or, you know, you're, sh- yeah, it's just some days it's a, it's not as fun as 
others. But mm. okay, so here's a question: since you're around your crew you know, all the time, does anybody keep an eye on your numbers, like while you're on stage? Um, no, I'm pretty self managed when it comes to that. But my crew does, you know, they all know right, what, what, what I'm to do. what I'm dealing with, and they know what to do. My tour manager, in, in particular, um, you know. When I hired him, I had gave him training, you know, <laughs> like this is what happens uh, when my blood sugar is high. This is what you need to do if I'm right. unconscious and, you know, um, go through the whole thing that, that we have to do. And this is a glucagon. And, right. You know, um, and it, I think it was overwhelming for him at first, but, right. you know, we've worked together for a while now and I just kind of teach him every time <laughs> there's an incident. Right. Tell him what happened and. And how to how to handle it, and right, and to know that if I'm if I'm getting to be you know a little bitchy and bossy, like, <laughs> it's usually high. Yeah, yeah, I just back drunk. It's you, uh, yeah, but you can't just come out and say you better check your sugar. You're being oh, bitchy. Like, bitch slapped for by some people. <laughs> I know. Uh, so you know he treads lightly and in very caring ways. Okay, let me ask you this because I live alone and putting on my device. I, I'm not on a pump can be challenging. And I saw your pod on the back of your arm. Mm -hmm. So do you do all that by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most people do. I mean, kids do it, but I think, you know, in the beginning for me, it was very challenging. So sure. That learning curve for sure. Um, I didn't give myself shots until I was, how old was I? Maybe 10. So your mom gave you your shots. Yeah. My mom did all of it until I was maybe 10. And then I finally got the courage and I went off to resident camps and things like that and started learning how to really do it for myself. Wow. Um, and then I was a teenager, and I didn't do it because I had to rebel, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I do I do it all myself. Um, yeah, I have a ten year old son, right? And uh, you know, even he knows what to do in case there's an emergency. You know, that was one of the questions I have because it, I get um, asked often, and I have a couple of past guests who have spoken about their life with diabetes when they were pregnant. So, did you have any problems, or was it a pretty smooth sailing pregnancy? Um, oddly enough. Um, I felt like it was easier to maintain control during my pregnancy, but it, it could have been because I was watching everything else yeah. so much more carefully. Right. Um, but toward the end of my pregnancy, I, I was preeclamptic. My blood pressure had started yeah. to go up. Um, and ultimately they, I had a C-section three weeks early, but everything was yeah, fine. That's, I mean, that could happen to anybody. So yeah. it wasn't yeah. diabetes related necessarily. So yeah. And everything was fine and he was fine and he doesn't have type one. And I've, I've actually had him participate in trial net yeah, a few yeah. times and he's doing okay. That's a blessing. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. So with being on the road all the time, you know, diet and exercise are big mm-hmm. for me anyway. How do you find healthy things to eat? And I say that loosely. And when do you find time to exercise? I'm in the wrong line of work. <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong line of work. I, mean, I should have been a fitness coach or something or an endocrinologist, but um, it's hard. It's hard. Um, you know, it's 10 hour drive some days. Yeah. It's a lot of sitting in the van. Right. Um, I have a 10 passenger Ford van that is my tour bus. Right. And um, I built a bed in the back. So I'll like lay on my back and do bicycles in the air and, <laughs> you know, just stretch whatever out. Whatever you can. Whatever I can. Stretch out when and wherever I can. Do gas station laps. Um, <laughs> You know, or try to stay in places that have like, you know, hotel pool or gym. Right. Um, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. Eh, this, who is? This, this tour has been particularly rough. You know, my blood sugars run a little higher because I'm sedentary in the yeah. van. Um, but, 
you stop at grocery stores more often than um, the right. truck stop. Food. Yeah, oh God. There's yeah. not a lot of great options. Or I eat a lot of boiled eggs and, and bagged uh, bacon jerky. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my <laughs> diet on the road. And salad greens. Salad greens. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, well, you, we kind of touched on... So I really... This was such an impromptu thing, so I apologize for having to actually pull out notes, but... That's okay. Okay, so going on stage... Whether it's a small venue or a large one, what is your ideal blood sugar? Where do you feel your best? Um, uh, my blood sugar definitely affects my singing and like the hmm. flexibility and viability of my vocal cords. Mm-hmm. When my blood sugar is higher, everything's tighter. Um, so I don't like to start a show if I'm if I'm over one eighty. Okay. Um, but obviously life goes on. I have to play no matter what. Right. And there have been instances where I've been in the 300s and Ugh. I've started shows. And it's not fun. My mood for the evening is somber and sad, but as an artist, I guess people like that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> Could you work know, to your advantage. Adds to the mood of the song. Um, but I do, I do my best to, to try to be between you know 120 and 180. And you know some folks might say that's high, but um, really it's... It's not. If it stays steady there, I know I'm not going to go low. Yeah. And I know that it's not going to, you know, skyrocket because the performance itself actually causes an adrenaline rush, which sure. brings Rushes it all up. Sugar. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's ideal. And then I've had other instances. I've had lows on stage and I just turned into part of the show. Um, I'll ask the audience like, hey, my blood sugar's low. Anybody got any candy? And next thing you know, on the front of the stage, there's <laughs> Jolly Ranchers and Reese's Cups, everything you can think of. <laughs> So that my fans take care of me. Well, that's good. Um, okay, so diabetes and body image. Okay. Because we have bruises and scars that, you know, the average person doesn't. Have you ever, do you ever think about stuff like that? I guess I haven't put too much thought into it. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. I, it mattered to me back in high school. Yeah. You know, when I was a young girl trying to find my comfort zone. Um, but, yeah, not so much anymore. It's like, this is what I got deal with it right the more you love yourself yeah you know, easier I'm, life becomes i'm, I'm which... a sexy beast yeah <laughs> so whether you think so or not really doesn't matter to right me. i got a very good attitude i've got my robot parts my pancreas <laughs> is on the outside and um uh, yeah it's all working yeah <laughs> i'd rather be alive yeah yeah no. um okay so busy life mm-hmm. diabetes dating Okay. <laughs> How's that going? Or do you date? Um, yeah, I'm sort of seeing somebody right now. Um, there, one fun story is I, I, I dated someone briefly who kept forgetting that I had diabetes. How do you forget? I don't know, but that, that shit can that guy. Um, <laughs> he just, every time, every time he went into a store to grab a, a beverage or something from himself and, and me, he would grab like a regular orange soda and I would be like, Dude, I can't have this. And then he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're diabetic. And that went on for a few months. I let that go on too long then. I was like, if you can't remember after the first date, buddy. You um, obviously aren't listening to anything about me or seeing the gadgets on my body. I know. I know. Yeah. I hear the beeps. The beeps are a constant <laughs> reminder. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, I don't blame anybody for not understanding it. Honestly, um, you know, like I wouldn't want someone to fully understand it because then that means they have diabetes and yeah. you know if you don't have to i guess struggle the way that we do yeah then that's great but um 
I've uh, I also dated someone who had type one, and that was that was good. Although some days we were not so. I can't imagine that. Some days we were really encouraging to each other, right? And, and then other days it was like let's sit on the couch and eat ice cream together and and bolus for this, <laughs> no, right? <laughs> so, Compare numbers. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. I mean, ideally, I'm gonna you know end up finding somebody who really uh, ends up being an advocate for for me and my type one, right? Um, and really understanding what what I need, how I need to eat. Um, yeah. You know, so still, uh, still looking, still looking <laughs> it's me for too. person. Just everybody noticed that we're both single, I guess. Hey. Hey, kinda, hey. Yeah, kind of, sort of, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me ask you, if you were talking to, well, and I guess that's not a fair one. Um, everybody has their like diabetes hacks, like something you figured out for yourself. Hmm. Um, for me, it was learning how to put my G5 on the back of my arm. Mm-hmm. And Which they say you're not supposed to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've seen a lot of people do it. Um, you know, so I've learned, I mean, I had to teach myself in the mirror and it was, it took quite some time, but you know, I finally had the courage to do that. Mm-hmm. And there was little tricks like pinching it this way, hitting this, you know, I mean, so anything that you can say. I got a good hack. You got a good hack. Did you know, and wait, do you use a pod? Are you a potter? No, I'm not a potter. I've never been on a pump. Okay. This is for all my potters out there. When your pod is done and there's still insulin left in it. Pull it back out. You can take it out. Yeah. I was throwing it away. And it's I gold. had no idea. It is gold. And it's like, geez, oh, Pete's. I was just tossing it out and it was still good. Um, and then I saw someone do it, um, actually riding on insulin. Uh, yeah. Molly Busby and Sean Busby. They're yeah. Good pals. Um, someone at... At, in the adult camp there I saw them do it and I was like the light just came on and the sky opened up I was like oh my gosh okay I can save this insulin well and we're so used to it I mean like I've always followed the rules so if you told me not to or you know I would never have thought oh well if I did this it would no there's a lot of like ways to tweak things and I love the diabetes online community because you see what other people are doing yeah Oh, there's one now, too. People are, like, hacking into their pumps and making closed-loop systems. It's incredible. I'm so proud of you for doing this. <laughs> I really am. I mean, the Riley Link and stuff like that, I've been it's reading crazy. about, um, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm risking all of my all of my partnerships and things, <laughs> but I really would like to jump on that train. I'd like to be on board with that. And uh, the kudos to the people who had the courage to do all that. Yeah. Hashtag, we're not waiting, right? Yeah, Is that yeah. the hashtag? Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't have to wait. Yeah. Um, it's it's long overdue. Especially when you totally know that agree. there's stuff out there like isolate cell transplantation that works. That works. It just works and it doesn't stop working. Well, and I've said this a lot off, uh, recently is that, you know, 36 years ago I was promised a cure. I stopped holding my breath on that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But what I really like is the advancements in technology because it is making – especially people newly diagnosed, yeah. their lives so much easier. Yeah. Treatments have gone, you know, through the roof and as far as quality goes and quality of life goes. Um, I think, and, but the thing is, is affordability, obviously when, with insulin, with devices, with all of these things, like we, they, they need to be available to everyone and just holding health insurance is not easy yeah. for, for people in lower income situations. So, you know, um, it's, uh, it makes me mad because I've been on both sides of that fence. Yeah. I've been poor and homeless and busking in subways and mm-hmm. begging for insulin. And, um, you know, and now, of course, like I've been this amazing stroke of luck in my life that I happen to be on American Idol and succeed. Like, yeah, that's that's the only reason I can I can afford it now. 
um, and it's just not fair. Let me ask you this. As a performer, I have no idea, and if you can't answer this, that's okay. Do you have your own private insurance, or do you go through, like, a label or whatever? Sure. Um, So I'm part of uh, an Actors Guild. Oh, uh, right on. Actors Union, and they offer health insurance through that, so I pay. That's awesome. You know, I've got a high premium, for sure, Um, but my my son is also on my plan, and um, I don't know, I think I spend, like... 600 a month or something. That's not too bad. It's not I too, mean, it's still a lot. It's not Don't too get bad it wrong. for somebody with diabetes, but it's yeah. still, it's a lot of freaking money. It's a lot of money. I couldn't imagine prior to my life after Idol, you know, um, even that was my rent in yeah. a studio apartment. Right. And I could barely pay that. Right. So it's. It's too much. It's too much money. Well, and I think it's one of those things too. And I don't know you obviously very well, but you're scrappy, so you would have figured scrappy. out a way. You, you figure figured a way. Me out. <laughs> <laughs> I would have figured out a way, and I did. You know, yeah. I had to work full time and go to school full time in order to stay on my dad's health insurance in my early twenties. Yeah. Um. And but I was living independently on my own. You know. Yeah. In Chicago, of all places. Yeah. So you know, my I come from a poor family, mm-hmm. like mid, lower middle middle class, and. Uh, you know, my dad couldn't afford to send me money and pay my rent or pay yeah. for school or any of that stuff. I just had to find a way, and by golly, I did. That's awesome. Well, you know, I know we've got you've got to get everything started for the show, but I've got three last questions that I put out on social media, and so the first one is from Mike Berry. Okay. Hi, Mike. <laughs> what is your favorite Iron Maiden song? Oh my gosh. This I'm embarrassed. I couldn't say anything. To this. I'm embarrassed. I can't. I can't even name an Iron Maiden song. But I, if I hear them, I can. I can call them out. Oh man, that's Mike, okay. Put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm sure. I tell you what. I'm not so much into Iron Maiden as I am uh, into. Oh my gosh, typo negative. Okay, which is really dark and weird. I don't recommend people just lightly go and listen to typo negative. <laughs> Um, we're not saying anything negative about this, him. We're just like Mike Berry. Go, li- go listen to "Everything Dies" by Typo Negative. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thanks for the questions. So we have another Mike. We have Michael Hoskins. Hello, Michael Hoskins. Is she is um, is she going back to FFL Orlando? This friends time? for life. Hashtag Friends for Life. Um, I think I am going to be there this year. I love mm. that family of people. I love that event. It changed my life. I had never, I didn't know that world existed until I went there and I met um, Barbara, I can't remember her last name, uh, but she was a a psychologist who specialized in kids with type one. And I was like, where were you when I was a kid? Yeah, absolutely. Because no one ever told me, you are not your glucose reading. Yeah. And I internalized every bad glucose because my mom would say, that's bad. And I was like, I'm bad. Yeah. No one separated that for me until I was 24. Well, and I think that that goes back to the importance of, and that's kind of in question number three too, is um, the importance of these camps for kids. Like I never went to one, mm. not that they weren't offered. My parents would have gladly taken me, but I didn't have any desire to. And I actually met you mm. at the Friends for Life conference two years ago. I think I was there writing. Oh, we did like a press uh, cocktail hour thing. Yes. Yeah, I remember now. We took a funny picture together and you know, I met Charlie Kimball again. I mean, it was it was awesome. But I met so many other diabetes online people there mm-hmm. that I now have wonderful friendships with. Yeah. Oh, so it's such a great thing. It is a good... I hope to be there again this year. Pulling yeah. every string I can I mean, for people that. go to Comic-Con and they make friends and right. we go to diabetes conventions. It's great. I love it. <laughs> okay. And then the final question is from Stacy Sims. 
Um, if, hey, Stacy. If you do, you still visit kids camps for you know the kiddos with diabetes and absolutely, and it's one of the highlights of my my life and career. I love it. Um, through my ambassadorship with Lily, uh, in the summertime, I, I go to kids camps for their camp care package, and yeah, um, actually got to go to the camp that I attended as a wee one. Oh. And there was this spontaneous moment. Um, I kind of broke down in tears telling my story to these kids and just talking about how grateful I am to be where I am. And they got up one by one and surrounded me in the biggest group hug. Uh. And it was, it was just an incredible feeling. And um, just getting to hang out with the kids is, is like, that's what it's all about. You know, and they don't even yeah. care that I play music or that I was on TV. They're just like, you're cool. Let's make <laughs> you're slime. Older, right? <laughs> well, and I think last year you were here in Oklahoma City for Camp Blue Hawk, which yeah. I was an advisory board member for in the very beginning. And that camp, it was the first time I'd really been to one and witnessed it. I left there crying every day because oh, yeah. you see these little ones with their, and they're the ones that encouraged me. They're so strong. To yeah. get into the technology. I'm like, dude, if that eight-year-old can do that, damn it. I, you know, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Were but, you like, were you on shots and then you saw the kids using technology and Well, and the Dexcom you? and everybody. Yeah, and I'm just like, and they could watch their blood sugars a little bit differently. And and I just, there was one little boy in particular who whipped out this whole kit. And mm-hmm. it was just, and then they couldn't believe that I had diabetes. And, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that... It makes you think about your younger self. Yes. And, um, yeah, you always yeah. leave feeling inspired, um, you know, and, and also too, you know, just there's that twinge of, of, uh, melancholy when you're, you know, you're like, oh, well, our family's getting bigger here. Yeah. You know, and the next generation keeps coming. Um, but, uh, but it's, you know, we need each other and we need to lift each other up and encourage each other and, and keep, keep thinking positively because it's not, you know, it's, it's not, a death sentence. We Absolutely. can manage this and we can work together and we can demand better technology, better, better <laughs> things. And we can do it now. Hashtag we're not waiting. <laughs> okay. So one last thing, is there any piece of advice or any, I don't know, anything you'd like to say to the listeners? Oh, that's such a big thing. Um, I just want to say thanks to the entire diabetes community for, um, for always in helping me stay inspired and motivated to to do what I need to do um and just being there for each other um you know we're we're all in this together yeah and we got to reach out to each other I know so many people that um and I love beyond type one uh yeah they're amazing amazing work that they do and every time I meet a new person who has type one I say have you heard of beyond type one yeah you need to go and read the stories and write your own story and share it and and know that it's okay to be a little angry about this, and um, just don't stay there. But um, yeah, yeah, I just, uh, I just want to say I love everyone. I guess <laughs> I love it. I love that everybody. that works. All right. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for taking time. And- Woohoo! What a fun show. I want to give Crystal and her crew a serious shout out for being kind, patient, and for making it happen, especially in such a small window of time. Crystal was the perfect guest. She might live a very different life on the road, but she still shares the highs and lows of the diabetes grind and did a phenomenal job of being real. Do yourself a favor and check out her tour dates. See where she, because you want to see her live, I promise. It, she's, it was just an incredible show. 
Well worth your time, and I promise you won't be disappointed. I usually end the episode with advertising, sponsors, blah, 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 but not this time. As I said in the intro, I'm dreaming big, and we'll have a lot to share on episode 65, so please stay tuned. I'm just, I'm, I'm like so excited for this. And if you have an idea, comment, or diabetes hack, feel free to reach out. I'm always here. I'm here for my diapeeps. Um, you can do it on social media, my personal page, or the Diabetes Daily Grind. You can leave an iTunes review, or you can shoot me an email at amber at diabetesdailygrind.com. Thank you, as always, for listening and for all of your feedback. It fuels my soul and helps keep the episodes coming. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. A little thing called diabetes is a daily grind and the daily grind and it grinds and grinds and grinds and grinds. You got to watch what you're eating. You gotta watch it every day. What do you call it? What do you call it? Is it diabetes or diabetes? Gotta check and see if your level is up or down. What'd you have for dinner? What'd you have for lunch? Did you have too many or not enough? Get all the levels to shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, cause I'm alive. Yes, I'm alive. One minor Yes, I'm